there, lovely. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. Hey, this is Emily Milburn, Caitlin Atkins from Neighbours. Hi, this is Candice Lease, Wendy Rodwell on Neighbours, and you are listening to the award-winning, the best podcast in the entire world, for the Neighbourhood Rewatch. Welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast, the award-winning Neighbourhood Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Do I do that again? No, 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 let's keep that in, that's fine. Okay, now. <laughs> that's why we're award-winning, because we're honest and raw. You know what? Out of all the podcasts out there, I like to think we are the most honest. We are. We are not. We're not overproduced. Underproduced. Well, no, <laughs> we're definitely not. <laughs> Fucking hell. Stay tuned for this week's spelling mistakes on the socials, everyone. <laughs> That's not my fault. That is iPhone's fault. No, but you still type it and also check it and then post. Like, I I'll make mistakes when I'm posting shit and I'll go, oh, I've made a mistake there. I'll delete it and do it again. No, I don't do that bit. No, you're <laughs> too honest, if anything. We've learned that. Unfiltered is what I am. Uh, so, of course, I'm your host, JK, and you can hear Adam with us. All right. Uh, and Tim's here as well. He's just got nothing to say, that's all. Probably, probably going to be a winning week for Tim if he doesn't actually say anything. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, Tim, Tim. Tim listened to our podcast last week and bloody loved it, he said. He did. We've got a new fan. Tim really <laughs> enjoys the podcast, everyone. I don't think he's fucking heard one before. <laughs> We did that one last week, the huge announcement, which we'll say a bit more about in a bit, just the two of us, because it was a bit of an impromptu one about this time last Thursday, I think it was. Tim obviously wasn't there. He said he was working. Fuck knows what that means. Um, and he listened to it, and he really enjoyed it. He gave us great feedback. <laughs> so cheers. Cheers, Tim. Um, if you want to follow us on the socials, um, <laughs> leave a review. You can subscribe to the Patreon as well if you want. Only a pound, Tim. Grace will pay for it. That can be your pocket money that week. <laughs> yeah, always a new. It's always good to have a new fan. Um, I mean, Grace has been telling him for a while that we're funny, and he's finally <laughs> listened to it. So appreciate that. Well done, Tim. Well done, Tim. Uh, you can you you can see us be funny on socials. There's always lots of clips up there. Uh, provides all the links to everything that we do as well. The episodes that we watch on Daily Motion, uh, and just other stuff going on as well. With there's neighbours news, if we said, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, there is one serious thing I want to talk about though. Uh, you will find the links on our link tree. Uh, but today I found out that uh, Katie Kelty. Uh, who plays Michelle Scully, or played Michelle Scully on Neighbours, uh, has unfortunately uh, got breast cancer. Uh, so there is a GoFundMe on there, which we've provided all the links to. So if you were thinking about subscribing to Patreon, don't this month. Just just put the money there instead. Uh, but if, you, if you've got anything spare and you can send it to us, Kate, then please do so, because uh, I know she's going through a very, very tough time at the moment. Um, that's a serious part of the podcast. Uh, go help, Kate. Uh, she's a scully. Keep fun- keep fighting with that scully spirit. Um, other neighbours news. Of course, we know it's coming back. Coming back, you know. Jeffrey Bezos has has done everyone a solid there, uh, and it's been confirmed this week as well that there's going to be over two hundred episodes filmed. Uh, so it looks like they're kind of going back to the soap serial. I don't know if it'll be. They might have little breaks every now and again. 
Um, well, they were a bit unsure, I think, when Amazon picked it up, what, how it was going to work. Were they going to do it where it's like a soap kind of thing? Were they going to do it like seasons, like something like that? Um, but it does seem, like you say, it's 200 plus. I think it might be 200, uh, 200 plus a year. Um, and they've buttoned it for two years from what I think I read. Um, so that means, that means whatever, four or five days a week for a fucking long time. Yeah. It's, uh, a lot of people worried if a soap could really kind of survive on a streaming service like Amazon. Uh, but they seem, they seem pretty confident that it will. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I think that's good news. I'm glad it's going to stay like that. I think. Um, we obviously need to decide how we're going to tackle it, um, as it as it appears. Um, we don't know for definite who's coming back yet, except for Carl, Susan, and Toady. Is that still right? Is it still just yeah. those three? Oh, confirmed? and uh, Stephen Dennis. And Paul. Oh, and Paul, Paul Robinson, brilliant. Which is good for probably the four biggest names. Um, we don't know for definite who's coming back, and it sounds like the cast at the end. Don't know yet either. It sounds like they found out when we found out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're all taking their time to react to it because it's kind of come at a funny time as well, I think, where people are maybe starting moving on a little bit. You know, it's been a good couple of months now. Yeah. You start doing other projects. You start looking towards the future and what you want to do next. And people might have irons in fires. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think people have either... Um, branched out to doing maybe different things for a little bit, or maybe they've got like a new acting job somewhere else. They've, they're doing different things. Um, and as we know at the end, a few of the characters were, because we all thought it was the end, a few of the characters were leaving the show. It wasn't like they were all carrying on and we're going to keep living in the same street. A few of yeah. them were just leaving to in like in, in the show. So would it make sense to bring them back? I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, is it April Rose uh, Pengilly who plays Chloe Brennan has said like, I don't know if I'm coming back, but it might be a bit weird if I do because it kind of destroy the the ending that I got. You know, it means that once you. Yeah, so it would it kind of wouldn't make sense for me to come back at the same time. Uh, I mean, Guy Pierce, I don't know. Guy Pierce might want to come back. I don't know, but he, you know, he's now playing Jane. Yeah. You either break them up or do something weird. Yeah, just kind of locked in the house all the time. A bit like a Tim situation. I don't know where he's not really. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I read something regarding Guy Pierce about it was just a, a fan had come up with an idea because they said can't see Guy Pierce coming back. It was great that he did the last couple of episodes, brilliant, but they can't see him coming back. And they put maybe he, it, I think he's he's a teacher. I think. And they said something like maybe he will get a job in like a developing country. And that means he has to go off to wherever, I don't know, Ghana and do some teaching somewhere. And that's how they get him out, but keep her in. But you'd still take your messes with you. I don't know if you would. I don't know. I mean, like would, (laughs) roles reversed, would Grace take Tim if she got a job in another country? I don't know if she would. I mean, she took him away, and he had to move away. He <laughs> move away to another country. I don't know. I don't know. It's always it's always nice to have a souvenir, isn't it? And um... Tim has lived in a lot of countries. Yeah. Wars usually start after he's left, <laughs> which is a running theme. Um, so we wouldn't want that to happen. I don't know. 
Who knows? That that might be a way of getting around that. But um, I I sent a message to Candice, 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 um, just saying we need to talk. That's all I sent her. <laughs> and she was very coy about the whole thing. She laughed and she said, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yes, big news is happening. And she was very happy that it's coming back for all the Neighbours fans. But she was not, uh, she hasn't said yes or no um, to being interested or to going back or anything like that. I don't know if you have heard anything else from No, I have. Else. Yeah, I, I spoke to Candice as well, of course, friend of the show. And um, she just said the group, I, I said, oh, how badly was the group chat going off? And she was like, oh, you wouldn't believe. You would not believe that group chat. I'd, I'd love so much to see that. That would chat. be good. As that news is getting announced, imagine just the messages being going through. Um, who do you just um, like prediction? I suppose it's prediction wise. Do who do you think might come back? Who would you like to see come back from from the end from the last few shows? Well, I think the Rodwells is the obvious one because they were the family who just showed up and they hadn't really done that much with them. No, they didn't get it's, given enough time, really, did they? Ended just all. as they were just, I suppose, just finding the feet a little bit. Yeah, so that seems an obvious one. To bring the Rodwells back and start. Uh, Had they sold? They were selling their house, though, weren't they? They were, but then they kind of didn't as well. Could they it, just say it, it fell was, through? Yeah, they just thought like, oh, maybe we'd move into that house. Oh, actually, maybe this house is too. It was really weak, weak writing. I think they'd be good in the sense that obviously you've got Wendy, who was established and worked at the 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 bar, the bar restaurant kind yeah. of place. But then you had the guy. I want to say yeah. Andy. He was the policeman, so it was good having... He was a character. He wasn't just somebody in the street. He had a purpose in the show as the policeman as well. Um, yeah. And the daughter was causing like trouble and shit. So I reckon they, they all had stuff going on, and you could do stuff with them. Yeah. So they'd be an obvious one. Uh, I mean, the Amy thing, apparently she'd found a sperm donor. Yes. So, you know, you flash forward a little bit, and you've got Amy with a kid again. That would be a good story because you could kind of keep it a mystery of who the father is. And I think that's a really good one because that was just kind of left, wasn't it? And we kept we had to make up our own uh, conclusions, who the dad might have been, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think it would also be a good idea to get some completely, like I said, some of the people like, you know, like Chloe Brennan and Nicolette and all that, like you kind of had nice little send-offs, send-offs. And storylines and Jane. Yeah, just, just let them go on the way and just bring some new people in. I mean, we know what Neighbours is like. They can come back any time. They don't need to be there at the beginning. They could come back in six months, a year, um, and it might make a little bit more sense to them than them just being there day one. Yeah. What would So, for, for example, they need some new characters. They, they've heard this podcast. They give you a call. I uh, what you're doing. It's a short-term contract. We just want you to come in six months, start Amazon off with a bang. We want you. What um what character can you see yourself playing in the, the reboot? Well, me? Yes, you, yourself. Holy shit. I haven't thought about, I haven't thought about you need to start thinking myself. about this. That call could come. It could come. Uh yeah, no, we could you know we've got some people who could put some good words in for us. Uh I'd have to work at the, at the cafe, right? But then I'd be like, someone dynamic came in and go, do you know what? We can make this into a wine bar in the evening as well. Yes. I I think you, yeah, you could actually 
Yeah, that would be who wrote, who owns that like the cafe. Oh, actually, the I think time. Nicolette runs it. Uh, okay, so she might have left, but she's called in you, her friend from the wine course. <laughs> come in. Um, you're you're the new you're the new boss. You're the new guy who's going to come in and revitalize it, maybe. But maybe by being a bit of a knobhead. Yeah, probably. Um, you're not going to come in and be straight. Uh, like we've spoke about this before. You're not a good guy. <laughs> and I think you're always best when you're playing yourself, but maybe turned up a little bit. So if you could play you, but turn down a little bit, maybe that'd be a good character. <laughs> Even that, what you were describing, I don't know if it's going to be on the Patreon or not, you decide, um, that little bit about your work yesterday, that could be a scene that ends up lasting two or three episodes with a couple of cliffhangers. <laughs> Will this will this entitled person get their breakfast tea? Yes or no? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he's off the clock. Will he? Will he aid the fallen patron? I don't know. <laughs> I reckon that's the way you go. Yeah, definitely. Who can you see? Would you? Would there be a bit, a bit of romance for J.K. Again? Obviously, we spoke on this this podcast a little uh, quite quite extensively about the ego. And everything like that. Would you maybe <laughs> rekindle? Are you a distant relation? Oh, if, if I could just do a, a Darcy Tyler tribute act, I think that's the way. Like, so you're this guy. We find out that's you're you're related to Doctor Darcy Tyler, and then, or maybe, maybe I'm a love child. Maybe, yeah, exactly, but then maybe six months down the line, the return of the ego. Oh, I'd love to be. I'd like to be the love child of Darcy and Penny. Because she worked in a cafe as well, so... She did. Do you want to talk about that? We might as well. Should we go straight into the ego? Let's talk about Neighbours. Let's talk about Neighbours, indeed. We usually save him to the end, but he's going on first this time. Old Dr. Darcy. Of course, the ego has landed. So Penny's been dumped. Darcy's had a change of heart. He's his morals have kicked in and he's realised he's in a lot of trouble there. So he's he's acting from a place of fear, I think we said. He's doing the right thing, but it's kind of took, yeah, it has took the fear of losing his entire career for him him to do that, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, So Penny's telling every customer that come in that she's been dumped. Literally everyone. Like, if you work on a bar or in a cafe, you have to, you know, especially on a bar, you kind of chat a bit of shit to people. But she is literally coming out of the shit as soon as they walk in. They haven't even had a chance to say table for two and she is telling them how sad she is and crying. And at one point she's making a sandwich and she snots all over Drew's sandwich. And he says, and Drew says, is that my sandwich? And Harold goes, I'll make you another one. But it's (laughs) Harold. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's terrible. Uh, But she's heart, she's absolutely heartbroken. And, She's kind of got no mates. She was no, kind because of... she's not a regular. She's not in the credits, so she officially has no mates. If you're in not, if you're not in the credits, really, you're just kind of along for the ride, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so a bit she... like Tim. <laughs> Tim would Tim be in our credits? <laughs> I don't know if he would. It'd just be superimposed at the end in like a frozen "his internet's gone" kind of pose, while we yeah. have laughs and good times and everything like that. <laughs> Uh, so she's telling her everybody that comes in uh, that she's been dumped by Darcy uh, and she tells Steph 
um, and gives a oh, you know boohoo. I've been dumped. This is terrible. This is the worst thing that ever happened. Have you ever been dumped, Steph? <laughs> Fucking clueless. What's going on? Yeah, around her. Um, she then re- later realizes. Or I imagine Harold pulls him aside and says, "Listen, have you not? Have you not watched last week's episode? You not see yeah, what happened? It's been going on for a couple of weeks. There, she's she's yeah. had a right bad end. So she apologizes. She goes, "Oh, I'd heard the rumors about." Some bird who, who got dumb because <laughs> yeah. he was shagging his sister. I didn't realize it was you. Uh... I think Steph does quite well here because she's, I mean, her, like the character of Steph because she she thinks Penny is a right dick at this stage. Um, yeah. But and then Penny can't take any hints or anything, and she invites Steph to go for a drink at the pub, and Steph blatantly doesn't want to go. Um, but she she does, you know, she she does the right thing and says, "All right, I'll come for a drink." And just to li- just to listen to Penny talk more shit, yeah, it's not a fun night out. But Steph's kind of I don't know. Steph's feeling a bit lonely as well. She's not got a fu- you know things are a bit strained with the family. Yeah, so she's kind of got no one to hang out with really. You know, Drew and Libby are off doing Drew and Libby things. She doesn't seem to be hanging out with Dee at all. No, they uh, have not been booked on the same day for a scene for fucking ages. No, they really haven't, have they? They were best mates. Um. So yeah, they go to the pub, uh, and Steph's just like, "Listen, you, you, this is this is a good thing that happened. Darcy's a fucking dog. It was always going to call him a dog, you right? Yeah, uh, and you're just best off without him. And uh, so when Darcy comes into the pub, oh no, he comes into the cafe the next day. Penny's working. Steph's Steph's there chatting to her. You know, they're a bit friendly now. They've cleared the air a little bit, and they're, they're getting on. And Penny's pretty cold to Darcy. He's like, "Oh, I want to talk to you." And she's like, no, I'm kind of busy at work. I'm snotting all over these sandwiches. Uh, and Steph's like, yeah, fuck off. And so Darcy has a little go at Steph saying, I didn't realize she had a fucking bodyguard now. Um, so he tries, he comes in again the next day. Penny is chopping onions. Uh, and of course, when you chop onions, uh, there's things in the, the chemicals in the onions that are let out make your eyes water up. So Darcy comes in, sees her chopping, sees her crying and goes, oh, fucking hell, this is all me, isn't it? Of course she's crying. Uh, don't worry. Don't cry. We can still be friends. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking brilliant. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, love. Loads of girls are crying, but don't worry. We can still be mates. <laughs> Every now and again, I might throw you a shag as well. So don't. Yes. That's, that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, Darcy's pretty clueless in this in this interaction now because Penny has to point out at the end, going, "Oh, by the way, I'm chopping onions here." And he onions, goes, mate. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, yeah, you are, aren't you?" Oh, well, okay, never mind. What uh, do you think is going to happen with them two? Then do you reckon there's going to be? Do you reckon they'll sort it back out again? Because well, that's not the end of it. Because he's, he's D's hanging around, and D is like, oh, she's sticking her nose in a little bit here. I think she's saying, "Ah, you got what you deserved." You you deserved all that for losing your job and everything. You're only bothered now because you're only doing the right thing now because you've been found out and all that kind of stuff. I just think like has D got nothing better to do than follow Darcy around and give him shit at this stage. Well, every time like she tries and sticks her nose in, Darcy goes, "Oh, you're just a jealous ex," and she goes, "Oh, fuck off." But she kind of does act like a jealous ex. Well, like she is constantly yeah. sticking her nose in. She's there all the time. Like I say, she's not there helping out like Steph and making her feel a bit better. She seems to just be constantly following Darcy around and giving him shit. Even though now Darcy is trying to do the right thing. Even though um, 
his auntie, Susan, is completely fucked in the head and he's a bit worried about that and everything. Even though he's now got to run the surgery because Carl's with Susan. So he's got a lot on his plate at the moment. She's just going around saying, whoa, you remember yeah. like when you were a dog? Yeah, there's no need sometimes. Just keep it to yourself, love. Yeah, because even Tony's getting on side with Darcy now. He has a chat with him in the pub and he's like, oh, you know, what are you up to? He's like, yeah, I've got fucking loads on my plate. I'm running this this for Carl and, you know, yeah. Susan's, Susan's got amnesia and, yeah, all this shit's going on. And he's like, oh, fucking hell, mate, that's that's pretty bad. I'm doing all right. And Dee goes, you can't be friends with him. Stop being friends with him. He's a dickhead. Go Meanwhile, though... Meanwhile, so he's saying you can't be friends with him. Meanwhile, Toadie's got a job as the concierge at the hotel from Mark, who left her mate Steph. Yeah. But she, she's not going, oh, you can't have that job. No. D, not doing herself any favours. No. And so she has a go. Uh, she, she speaks to Penny and is like, yeah, you know, this was always going to happen. Has uh, a go at Darcy as well after speaking to Penny. Really kind of rubs it in going yeah you you were always going to fuck this up and i'm glad you did and uh, so darcy then kind of has a change of heart and decides that he wants to win it back i think because she's at the pub having a drink having an oj this is the this was the closer for this week's episode this was yeah uh and he's decided to hire a violin player for penny of course he has yeah at the pub just uh, like during the like the daytime or whatever, she's coming for an OJ after work. It's not like late night. You haven't booked out the pub. It's not a romantic dinner. Penny just happens to come in of her own accord. He's not agreed to meet her there. He has <laughs> got no way of knowing that Penny would choose that exact moment to go in for an orange juice <laughs> and sit at the bar. There's no, there's no pre-chat. There's not, there's not. This hasn't been booked in as a rendezvous. No, Penny has just gone in, and then all of a sudden. Darcy's there as well, and he's got a violinist. It makes no sense. Do you think he's... How, how many days do you think he's had this violinist before? <laughs> he's had the violinist in the back room all week and said, right, if you see this girl, short blonde hair, pretty cute, and she comes in and she looks a bit fucking miserable, get yourself out <laughs> there and play some songs. No, no, not, not D. Not D, no, get back in. No. D. Yeah. Not Steph. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Not Rosie. Oh. <laughs> that would have been quite funny if he just kept doing it again and again to the wrong person. So, yeah. um, but she she seems happy about it, and he's like, wait, look what I've done. What I've done. Yeah. So it seems he's, he's decided, fuck his career. Or is he just trying to prove a point to D? Because I feel like no. there's a bit... It, it, D, like, D and Darcy are not good. They should never interact. They're not good people for each other. They bring yeah. out worse than each other. And, and he's got the envelope now that's basically, he says, oh, this this envelope holds my career in it. So this is the one where he's going to find out if he's getting getting done for breaking his ethics and all that kind of stuff by shagging Penny. Has he opened it? I don't think he's opened it, has he? I don't think so, no. No, so we don't know what's going to happen with him. So why all of a sudden is he going, ah, fuck it, I'll just get a violinist and try and shag her again anyway. I don't know. That's, that's what I think. I'm not I'm not quite sure what the motivation is there. There is something a little extra at play, I think. Yeah. Maybe he's just making a calculated bet, taking a calculated risk going, oh, well, maybe Carl won't. Because he does have a chat with Carl, and Carl's like, yeah, I'm still going to go through with it. Just a bit yeah. fucking busy right now. Um, 
But maybe he's just banking on it. He won't be too busy at all. We'll know in the next five episodes. So do you think struck off or wanked off in the next five <laughs> episodes? I think the violin thing will get him wanked off. Uh that's what we want for him, obviously. <laughs> That's what we want. Um, that that sh- probably will be the opening scene when we watch it back. Do you reckon one will lead to the other, though? Can you have one without the other? No, it's, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? We'll find out in the next five episodes, did you say? Well, I don't, this is what I was thinking about there. I don't know what is five too many. Shall we cut it down by half? Should we like? Should we not watch as many episodes? Would it make sense to cut down how many episodes we watch? Would it make sense to do that? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think if you 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 set out going to do something, you you think about it beforehand and you go All right. Okay, is this is this practical and yeah logistically is this going to work you give yourself a challenge but a doable challenge it's all about doable challenge so five sometimes i'll I'll be honest recently it hasn't felt like a slog there's been days when it has and you have to do five eps but five episodes is doable it's it's doable to watch it's doable to talk about we can spend enough time on all the specific nuances of the storylines and things like that we can discuss character arc throw in some of our own comedy i'm doing those things that tim's dad <laughs> likes right now um because tim's dad also a fan so are you of our podcast um listening to it in his tesla <laughs> hi dave if you're listening um so i think we i think we should stick with five i wouldn't want to say i'm doing something and then renege on that because that's like that's like lying i think <laughs> it's like you promise like you it's an, I think it's called an Indian giveaway. You give something and you take it back. I don't know if you're allowed to call it that anymore. No, I've never heard of that phrase before. Google it. Tim's. Okay. Where's Tim? He usually Googles things during our session. Oh, that's what he does. Oh, I knew he did something. Yeah, he does that. Um, yeah, I, you're right. Let's stick with five. Any any more than five? Fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, speaking of. In the next storyline, I think we'll do the season one since we've been talking about Susan Carl. Uh, you said that the amnesia storyline at the time was really annoying and you fucking hated it. I'm already sick of it, and we're only a weekend. Uh, it's, it's still going, by the way, everyone. So it is, yeah, a, it's still it's, going, it's a week, and there's not been any developments really. No, 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 not really. A very, it's a very short development over five episodes, yeah. Like it's it's basically like she's still got amnesia. We don't know how, why, what. We don't know any of the questions. We just know she's got amnesia now. But it has come out that she thinks she's 16. Yeah. Uh, So she's run off to, she was legging it from Carl last time we saw her. Uh, She's now gone to the park um, to drink some booze, smoke some fags, I imagine. 16, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you do. We spent a a bit of time on the park. Remember that? We did, yeah. We didn't drink booze or smoke fags, though. Oh, we were we were pretty pretty stand. We were pretty geeky kind of people. We're, not that we're, we're so fucking cool and badass now, obviously. <laughs> doing a neighbor's podcast, fuck me. Uh, we're exactly <laughs> the same as when we were sixteen, talking about what we watched when we were sixteen. <laughs> so, yeah, well done, <laughs> us. Nothing <laughs> has happened. We're talking about development. We've not developed in the last fucking twenty years. <laughs> Uh, so Libby, Libby finds her there and convinces her to go to hospital. Um, 
Harold gets his Samaritan uniform on as well. Don't worry, I'll fucking sort this. Gets fucking nowhere. Libby tries, gets nowhere as well. So they're like, right, sending Carl in a white coat. She'll listen to a doctor. Instantly doesn't work. She goes, wait a minute, you're the cunt who was chasing me. Yeah. I recognize you. I might be fucking 16, but I, I know that you were chasing me down the street. I know fucking pedo when I see one. <laughs> so that doesn't work. Uh, so they send in Darcy. They're like, fuck it, we're going to have to send in Darcy. He'll, he'll charm her. Uh, I mean, what 16-year-old girl could resist Darcy? Or 16-year-old boy could resist Darcy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and he gleams it out of her that it's she thinks it's 1972. It's the day after her 16th birthday. She was drinking champagne the night before, which is a bit fucking bougie for a 16-year-old. Yeah, we don't know if that's got anything to do with it or anything. Like... Not not sure why it would. It's fucking mental. It's like it's become like one of those specials, like when we've watched the neighbors versus time travel, neighbors versus zombies. This what this is what this storyline feels like. It has no place in neighbors that she's somehow transported into a magical land like fucking Tom Hanks and she's now fucking sixteen. It's mental. Yeah, it's really tedious. And they're not gonna explain it either. No, I don't I I, I can't remember, but at the moment I I can't remember how it goes. We're we're a week in. We found out that's what she thinks. Then all of a sudden, there happens to be a 1970s formal going on at the high school, which is convenient in the same week that Susan thinks it's 1972. Yeah, because Susan escapes because uh, Tar- Darcy tells her that the truth. Yeah, it's not 1972. The parents are dead. That I thought thing- that was a bit harsh. Your parents <laughs> are dead. Bit. Like, some, like the other that? people are going, probably won't mention that. And he's went, your parents are dead fucking ages ago. <laughs> you go to the... No, you can't go see... No, you can't go see... I can just call them, right? Dead! dead. <laughs> so she fucking goes... runs off and she runs to the school. Yeah. Don't know sees, why. Sees everyone walking to it in their 1970s garb. Yeah. Uh, and goes, oh, brilliant. They're... That doctor was lying to me. Let's go follow these kids who are all my same age. And she goes there and everyone's like, oh, Mrs. Kennedy, how are you doing? She's like, I'm not Mrs. Kennedy. I'm Susan Smith. I'm 16. Yeah. Um, so she gets scared, runs off into the bathroom, uh, and then looks at her own face in the mirror, looks at her hands, which she's already looked. I'm assuming she's seen. I'd noticed it, if I woke yeah. up one day and had aged by about 30 years. Straight away, it's like, like how it takes so long for it to see yourself in a mirror, and it's only by chance. None of the people who are talking to her in the fucking hospital have shown her a mirror. She will have <laughs> seen her own hands. Like you can't not see your own hands. <laughs> she's not like unless she's wearing gloves or something. Like she, like she's having a drink. Like you'd see your hands if you're doing things all the time. She never sees them. No one gives her a mirror. It's not until she's at the 1972 formal dance that she accidentally sees herself in the mirror and goes, oh, actually, I'm not 16. I'm fucking 40-odd. Yeah. It's so, it's so badly written. Like, I'm I'm, I'm already done with this storyline because I know it's going to drag on. And like I said, we're not going to get an explanation of how it started. And when it ends, I doubt we'll get an explanation then either. Uh, unless she ends up falling falling over in a cafe and banging her head on the floor, I don't know how she's going to get out of this. Would you? I don't. I, I, that might actually be what happens. Because <laughs> how often does that happen? It takes another bang on the head to get yourself back to normal. But then, 
remember not so long ago, Rosie was hypnotized and it, that was fucking weird. And she started speaking Italian and all doing a business meeting and stuff. Will they get that hypnotist back in to bring Susan back to reality? Great Rufo. They might do. Or they might just, <laughs> next episode, you just see Carl with a cricket back going, right. <laughs> so I've got a new medical experiment coming on. Back to yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of this storyline. Uh, I imagine this is going to go on for about eight months as well. It might do. I can't, honestly, I remember it being long, and it's already been a week, and nothing's really happened. So I think it's going to continue for a bit longer yet. She's gonna, but she's now going to have to come to terms with the fact that she's old, uh, and that's going to be irritating. Um, it is shit being old, though, isn't it? I mean, if you if you could go back to being sixteen again, would you do that, or would you uh, would you like? What would you do? If what, you woke you... up... At, right, no, different question. If you woke up tomorrow, you're in the kitchen, having some bran flakes, slip on the milk, bump, Ed, do your own stunt, obviously. What are you doing first when you're 16? I'll, I'll, like, I'll tell you, I'll go, you're 16, mate, here's a mirror, obvious. Look at your hands. <laughs> I'd say that straight away to you. That's for a child's hands. Well, I'd instantly believe you. I'd go, oh, shit, well, I'm 16. I'd say to you, you know, in Neighbours, like, when that happens, it's actually fucking happened to you right now. <laughs> what would you say? What would you do? I'd just instantly, well, I'd instantly believe you. I'd be like, oh, shit, well, yeah, this is yeah. this is it. Uh, I'd just go off to my job, which is, let's face it, an entry-level job. <laughs> I'm 16. <laughs> This is the beauty, right? This is the beauty of never growing up. The fact that you could go back to, you can wake up tomorrow, 16 amnesia, and just get about your day. (laughs) (laughs) It would be weird taking the kids to school. (laughs) Um, And for once, it would be weird that, like, obviously, Peyton is fucking 20 years younger than you now. So it would be weird when it's the other way, way round. But other than that, not a lot's going to change, is it? <laughs> no, I'd pretty much, yeah, it'd be largely unchanged. What are you going to do with your day? Do a little bit of work, play on your PlayStation. <laughs> um, I'm just going to point out that our age gap actually gets slightly less significant if he wakes up in a 16 again. <laughs> there you go, yeah, pay up for it. Closes the gap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, special guest Peyton. <laughs> That's one joke more than Tim would usually do. <laughs> G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. Should we talk about the Scullies? Yes. This was probably the most fun storyline of the week, Kaima. Um I enjoyed this one a lot. Uh, Lynn is very happy for Shell and Connor who are going on their first date, some first official date somewhere, uh, which gets her reminiscing about her first date with Joe, uh, who's got no fucking clue what that was. No. Not a fucking clue at all. He's like, He knows he went on a date, but that's about it. There must have been a first date because he's now married her. Yeah. So at some point there was a first date, but he's got no fucking clue of what that was and when it was. Um, and he's... He's got a bit of amnesia himself here because he's only <laughs> triggered when he 
walks past the garage and Drew's working on an old car and he's like, oh, I, I, I took Lynn in an old car just like that on our first date. Now it's all coming back to me. Uh, so I'm pretty sure you can't do this. I'd be pretty annoyed if I took my car for an MOT but <laughs> some fucking cunt just walks past and go, can I take that car for a ride for a bit and shag my bird in here? That's pretty much what he says. He literally says that. I'd be really fucking annoyed. Because, you know, I'm sat there at home waiting for my MOT to be done. You know, it's my car's quite old now, so it, it, it's a bit tense every year. Is, is it going to pass it? Well, how much is it going to cost? Uh, also, I could kind of do my car back. Like, you know, you so, drop so, it off first thing in the morning. You want it back before lunchtime. Yeah. Really. You can go but, places. You could go on these car rides that Tim loves to go on. Uh, but instead, you, you're hanging around till five o'clock and your car smells like sex. I'd be really this is like, it. And that is a very noticeable smell as well. <laughs> yeah. You've got new car smell and just shag smell. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to pick the kids up from school and then the car smells like like that. Do you? <laughs> no, no, you do not. You do not want that smell at all. Uh, but that's what Joe's done. He's gone, can I borrow this car? And Drew's gone, yeah, whatever. No problem. Not asked. Not asked. Uh, so, yeah, he picks her up in an old car and Lynn's like, you remember what we did for our first date? He's like, we went to go eat fish or something? Yeah. And he's like, we yeah. To a fish restaurant. We went in a car first, didn't we? So uh, he drives her out. You get some scenes of him driving around in this old, oldish car. Uh, and he takes her to a secluded cliff uh, where I imagine copious amounts of fingering was going on. Oh, it was, yeah. And 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 let's be honest, Joe Scully knows fingering. <laughs> Done it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah, he's. If he's, anyone on that show <laughs> has got a degree of fingering, Scully. it's Joe Scully. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. He gets down to it. Uh, and the police come by. Of course they do. They know what's going on. It's it's called finger point. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> they know exactly what's going on there. So it's it's pretty regular on the cops uh cops route. And they stop by and go, Oh, knock on the window, stop shagging you two. And they go, Oh, we're not though. <laughs> we're just gonna wait till you go away again. So the police go, Oh, what are they gonna do? What are we gonna do? We'll we'll just walk off. We'll go catch some murderers. They basically just say, you know, you should know better. Don't get caught next time. That's mm-hmm. all they do. Yeah. Uh, or can we watch? I imagine. It's become a dogging thing now as well for you. Okay. <laughs> Question. This might be one for the Australian in the room or the man who knows Australian facts. Is dogging a thing in Australia? I do not know this. Peyton. Probably is, but I've never heard it. I don't know what the name of it. What we feel like she's talking shit there. She knows. <laughs> but I've never heard the term dogging until I got to England. Okay, that's worth looking up then, Tim. Oh, oh Tim. Oh, don't worry, it'll be in his search history. Don't worry. <laughs> that's why he goes on all those car rides. Yes. <laughs> Just dogging hot spots around Norfolk. Well, that's what we'll do if it, if it all gets cancelled. <laughs> we'll just go on a dogging tour. Yeah. That'd be an interesting podcast, that as well. A limited series podcast. Neighbours versus dogging. 
Um, so yeah, Joe and Lynn do their thing. Uh, the police watch or don't watch. Up to you on that one. You make your, make your own mind up there. Uh, everyone gets back. Cheryl and Connor have had their first date. Joe and Lynn have had their first date. They're playing cards, but it's a bit of a cardy card games. It's one of those ones where Connor's just making up the rules as he goes along. This was really good, to be fair, because he just wants to, he just, he's doing it to appease them because they don't want him in the room because they're in their, Connor and Michelle go to their room and they're listening to music and getting up to, well, I don't know, I'm not going to say it because they're only young, but they are fingering, obviously. Um, <laughs> And then they like they like come on, we need some family time. So Connor comes up with the card game, and in order to just appease him and get it done pretty quickly, he just makes up the rules, and so Joe Joe wins. Yeah, we do this with Seth quite often, to be fair. Like when we're playing a game of like Monopoly or something, we just make up rules so he wins because we're well bored of it, and he's clearly bored of it as well, but just wants to win. So we just make up rules. We go, oh, this means you get all our money. Oh no! You bet. If you roll a, oh, he's rolled a two. That means. Yeah, that's what they were doing with Joe Scully. And at first, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm fucking good at this made-up card game." And then by <laughs> the end, he clocks it and just goes, "Sit the fuck down. We're gonna play a new game. It's how it's how not to be horny little cunts." <laughs> uh, and he starts negotiations, going, "Listen, you two can't be in your room all the time," uh, and starts laying down the law. And Shell does really well here. She 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 bargains some good stuff back and gets you know both both parties go away with a good deal. Yeah, uh, they've or they've so still got their, yeah they've still got their finger in time. They've got uh, Joe and Lynn. They've got some respect. Yeah, it's, and the wrong both, finger in time. And the wrong finger in time as well. So everyone's walking away, but then as Shell walks away, she accidentally reveals that she's got a love bite. Full on hickey on the neck. Ouch. So that that gets you know that, that destroys the previous negotiations. Those are now out the window. Uh fresh negotiations have started. And Joe Scully holds all the cards in that respect. He lays down the law saying, listen, there's gonna be no fingering. <laughs> uh and yeah, it doesn't oh, what else? They're, they're not getting much out of this, are they? Yeah, they're getting nothing out of this at all. And they're like, oh, fuck. We've fucked up here. We're getting nothing. With yeah. uh, Lynn stays quiet throughout the whole of this because she knows she's got a hickey as well. She's wearing a scarf to cover up this hickey that she got at fingering point or whatever it was called. So she knows they're being a bit hypocritical here, but she's keeping quiet, obviously. She doesn't want it to get out. She's got a love bite. And then <clears throat> Shell spots it. She does. Because, yeah, Joe's like, you were a bit quiet throughout that, Lynn. You could have backed me up there. And she's like, well, couldn't really because of this. We're a bit hypocritical. And she just did two points to it. Shell's like, gun, you're fucking doing it too. <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. And then, and then I thought Shell was really good here as well. She, she's like, both of you sit the fuck down. Because now she holds the motherfucking cards. She does. Uh, she wants she wants a finger in time back in. Yeah, and she gets she gets ample time now. She gets it all. She gets it all. Um, so yeah, the power balance is swung back to Shell. Uh, and then they're just excited about the, the 70s party then. Uh, they try on some of Joe and Lynn's clothes that they've got back in the 70s and they have a good old laugh about it. Uh, they bump into Flick at the cafe. He's working there now and they're like, oh yeah, we're dating by the way. And she's like, yeah, okay. I haven't seen you for about three weeks, but yeah, whatever. Um, Shell turns around and says, you know, you're still my sister, but you're still a bit of a con. Um, but yeah, I am shagging Connor now, so yeah. Uh, which takes us on to Flick, really. Um, 
Right. So here's the thing. I've said before that she's doing me in. And also, like, it's starting to annoy me a little bit that, and I said earlier on this podcast, that D is being a bit of a dick at the moment. I think they are arguably, arguably, the hottest two on the show, D and Flick. And they're just both being dicks. And again, does being hot give you the right to be a dick? I don't know. Uh, but I mean, can give you, you know, you can give you the right, but are other people going to accept it? Well, luckily here, people. Are, well, I don't know if people are accepting Flick being a dick. Stuart certainly not. No, because uh, he's decided he wants to fuck off and join the army. Bit out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. He just kind of say, "Oh, I was going to do it last year, but." Just didn't, but I've miraculously still got the option to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, yeah, just join whenever. Yeah. Just join whenever. There's war. You need a lot of people for all those wars with New Zealand, I imagine. <laughs> and so he goes to say goodbye to Flick, goes, yeah, I'm on, I'm buying. And then Flick calls him out straight away. It's like, you're just seeing that to see what see what reaction on. Yeah. Me there. That's yeah. all you're doing. And Stu goes, he was, yeah. to be fair. He, he was. He goes, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and she says, well, once he says, "But yeah, but we can't be together because you're with Mark." And she goes, "What if there is a chance?" Yes, he's like, "Fuck, fuck the army!" Then he was straight like he didn't even play it like. Well, no, actually, it was, you could tell by his face he was like, "What army?" He was not bothered. <laughs> what was going on? Not bothered. Not but then, oh, I didn't like. It was good that she called him out on, oh, you've just come around for this reason. But I didn't like the fact that she... Because she doesn't... I, I can't imagine her just going, oh, yeah, I do like you now. She doesn't like Mark as much. Oh, she instantly starts backing off this guy. Instantly, She's already bored of this. And I think this is the thing. She gets very bored very quickly. Yes, that is the character. We've seen her. I've got knows how many romances now. And then once yeah. the, the thrill and excitement's gone... Yeah. Because that's what it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it was with Joel and that was like frowned upon and she shouldn't be seeing him. And then it was Mark and obviously he was with Steph so she shouldn't have been seeing him. That's all it is. Oh, not a fan at all. Um, And she's like, Mark's got his own key to her her flat and she wants the key back because she says, and this came out of absolutely nowhere, like he comes in and he's like, oh, opens the door himself with his key and says, oh, do you fancy going to a movie? She says, I'm going to have to take that key back. What if I'm sitting here watching TV naked? That's what fucking, she says. Yeah, that was that was stupid reason. He's like, well, I've seen you naked fucking loads of times. And who does that? No one yeah. does that. No one does that. I, I want to be as close. I want to be as comfortable as possible while I'm watching TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never done that. Like, there'd be no reason to do it. <laughs> no, I want to take all. everything off to sit and watch TV. No. No, especially because, like, some settee, like, some of the, the material on the settees are not designed very well to... Tim's got leather settees, hasn't he? Yeah, he's just going to stick to that. That's just... Oh. That's not designed for comfort. No. It's designed for a barrier of trousers and jeans and T-shirts and... Yeah, and like we've got a kind of like a fabric one, and that's just that's not going to go well. That's just going to chafe against yeah your body there. So yeah, why she's watching TV naked? I mean, if if she's got a couch that can facilitate that, fantastic. But it was a strange one. Uh, I like also how she then decides to just when he comes in, oh, I'm just going to pretend to be asleep. So we'll fuck yeah. off. Uh, so she pretends to be asleep in the middle of the day. Uh, he puts a little. 
plank it over and then just goes, ah, well, I can't shag it now, so I'm just going to get off. Might as well get off. <laughs> Might as well get off. Uh, and he sees these signs straight away. Um, he's like, listen, you're dissing yourself from me. I want to have a chat with you, but I'm going on a business trip, so I'll be back in a couple of days. So we'll chat then. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why he has to go away for a couple of days. But then, but then he offers her a job. Oh, yeah, he does that in the meantime. He offers her a job. So she started working at the coffee shop because she was getting done over on a pay or something. I don't think they paid her properly at the the burger place. I think even after she left, actually, she still wanted to get paid for her hours that she'd worked there. And I think they've been clumps about the whole thing. That's a dodgy employer right there. Maybe what you should do in that situation is maybe, like, bone HMRC. Uh, is that, or the okay. equivalent of that, and just uh, um, just let them know what's going on, really. So, and what's the what's the upshot of that? Did like, would do you think that would? I don't, I don't want to say would they would the employer immediately be absolute pussies and then pay you straight away because they know they fucked up and they're all cunts. Do you think that might happen? I don't know. I think there's a very high chance of that happening. Yes. Okay. Cool. So Flick should should probably think about that then. Yeah, she probably should. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, she has been offered what Mark describes as a real job. Uh, not one of these entry level jobs that you can get when you're 16. Uh, <laughs> she's got, uh, you know, a real job with real prospects of growth, uh, some sort of management course. Yeah, she's already done some of the course of the training, so she'll be a shoe in for the next the next thing. Uh, she'll get fast tracked through the, through the system, and yeah, she'll have a real job with Mark, and she'll get to go on business trips like Mark is doing. She is, she's not, she's not keen. I like, obviously he's only doing this to keep her close and like, he's got some sort of hold over her. She actually calls to see uh, Lynn a little bit later and said, he's quite, he's trying to control her a little bit. Um, So she's, she's not daft. I mean, she's a bit impulsive, but she's not daft and she can see what he's doing. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next, how many episodes are we going to watch? Uh, five. Yeah. Five. Five. Yeah. Five. See how that goes. Yeah, we'll do that. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five episodes, then Mark's out of the show. Yeah, yeah. I think he's pinned him off, show. and he's he's gone. Yeah, he'll actually. I don't. I the the fact that he mentioned this business trip makes me think that she's just going to dump him by phone. What about by email, where she says you are dumped, where you, your services are no longer required, and you're also a bit of a controlling con, and I ate your soups. <laughs> you might say that I don't know I don't know that's the de rigueur sometimes isn't it nah. yeah. <laughs> that might happen uh, is there any other storylines we want to talk about there's a there's, couple others rattling along there's a little one I want to talk about and then there's one probably one to finish it uh, the little one I want to talk about does still involve a Scully it involves Joe Scully slightly um, there's new neighbours there is someone has moved into the Hancock's old place Lynn actually says, <laughs> I really miss the Hancocks. No, no, she says, I'm going to miss the Hancocks. And it's gobsmacked because no one turns around and goes, they've been gone for fucking two months. <laughs> fucking two months? <laughs> we, we have not, they, they left fucking ages ago. No one went to their leaving do. <laughs> no one's mentioned it. And Lynn's gone, oh, it's, not, it's not the same without the Hancocks, is it? And Joe Scully pretty much goes, hey, hey. <laughs> No one's asked. So someone's moving in, but we don't know who. There's a van, a moving van there. We don't see anyone moving anything out of it, which is weird. 
Um, and then later on, so the neighbours, because then good neighbours, good friends, they decide to like drop bits off for the new neighbours. No one knocks on. Uh, did he knock on the door? No, well, yeah, they, they all. So Joe goes up with a casserole, I think. Yeah. Uh, Tony brings some pickles, homemade pickles. Uh, no, no, he doesn't. So what happens with the business funny with the pickles, the pickled onions? So Tony has given Drew a jar of pickled onions for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, he regifts it, and then Drew regifts the jar of pickled onions to the new neighbours. He leaves it on the doorstep, but then so but we don't see anyone get it. They're playing a lot of music, and then they bring back the empty casserole pot to Joe Scully, and he's like, "Fucking cunts! They've just brought the." pot back they didn't say thanks or anything and then they return the full jar of pickled onions <laughs> to drew and he's like oh, i can't believe they brought this back and told says i gave them to you dickhead <laughs> yeah and then drew's like well i fucking ate one i was on the shitter for about three days <laughs> <laughs> so that's why i re-gifted them so yeah joe's annoying because there was no manners and no thank you uh, Drew's annoyed because he was on the shitter for three days and Tony's annoyed because no one likes his pickled onions. This is it. So they all go round to, to have it out with the, the new neighbours. They stand on the front garden. There's music playing. Um, they don't like wait around, knock on for a while, knock on the door or anything like that. They stand on the garden um, and then whoever is in the house turns on the sprinklers and they all run away. So we don't know at this stage who is in the new house. Who do you think's in the new house? Yeah, I don't know because... It- because I know that the Roses, the Highland family, are incoming slowly. Like and Boyd and uh, Summer are now in the credits as well. Yeah. Um, so it's them. But is it? Because well, what did Rosie say? Oh, by the way, we're moving in. It by makes the way, no my sense. family's moving in on the street. I can't you see think it being. Mentioned yeah, that I can't see it being anyone but the Highland family. And then when the people are knocking on the on the the door, you see someone looking through the window from low down. Like it could be a child. So I'm assuming it's Summer who's in that house. But then why would Summer Highland be in this house by herself? Why is there a moving van, but no one moving or people driving it or moving company or anything? It makes no sense, this. They're trying to make it a mystery who's the new neighbours, but it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're going to throw us a curveball. I think we're going to get a very short-lived family. Shorter than the Highlands. Shorter than the Hancocks, yeah. Hancocks, fucking hell, I forgot what they were called. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to get a little bit of a curveball there before we get the Highlands. It's going to be a bit of a disaster, and then Rosie goes, oh, fuck it, well, we'll just move in there, and then shall we? Possibly. I'll solve everything. Because there is another street on the house where somebody lives, but they never mention them, or it's like some old woman. There is another street on the house that's never really in the show, and they just mention her. Uh, I don't know. I might have to do some research on that, but I'm pretty sure that that is one of the houses is actually uh, just somebody who lives there and never interacts with any of the other neighbours at all. I think if, like, so we were talking before, if you get called up for, like, the reboot, like, what your character would be, I imagine that's what Tim's character would be. Someone who lives (laughs) lives on the street, who has a house there, but is never there for anything. No storylines, no jokes, not in the credits. (laughs) <laughs> but they do live on neighbours. Maybe that's where Tim and Grace are moving to. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's the new house. Um, not much more to talk about. I did want to talk about the weird Rosie storyline 
uh, which kind of was in the last episode. So she needs money for the church. No, she needs more people to come to the church. So what she decides to do is bless a load of pets. Yeah, they and have people, a bit of a... And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she's she's advertised this. I think it's happening at the community centre because the church burned down. Yeah. Um, and she's brought... Like, I don't think she likes pet dogs or something. So she asked Harold to help. He's allergic to pretty much all animals. Um, and then she asked people to bring their pets along. And they do. So you've got like Dee and Toadie, they bring Bob down, I think. Drew yeah. has now been given Audrey, who was the Hancock's dog. Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that is weird. He's just got that dog now. Um, and Carl then, brings Dahl down. Yes, Dahl's there. There's a fish in a goldfish bowl and a horse. <laughs> But then at the end, and it all goes to shit, and 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 the, and the pets are going a bit mental. And then, it, like, it finishes, and then there's a fox in a cage. Yeah, so this left a fox in a cage at this pet blessing for the church. It's so ridiculous. Tim would love this storyline. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It feels like they're really making a point about because I was like, oh, everybody knows you can't keep foxes as pets. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just been in the news or something. Uh, but then, and then it's just the fucking fox in the cage. Yeah. But then so they took it to get blessed and got oh, fucking too, too, too Jesus-y that fox now. Well, I didn't, I didn't understand. Like you wouldn't forget your fox in a cage. Like you wouldn't go to something with a fox in a cage and then go home without the fox in the cage. Cause you'd look in your hand and you'd realize you haven't got a fox in a cage with you. It makes no sense. It Unless, like you say, someone left it there because reasons. I'm not sure what those reasons could be. Yeah, uh, very bizarre indeed. Um, yeah, like I said, maybe it's just too easy. They've took it and then gone, oh, do you know what? I don't actually like this. I, I shouldn't keep Maybe Harold mentioned that you can't keep foxes. He's gone, oh, yeah, I can't keep foxes. So we'll keep it in this community center instead. Uh, who knows? Very bizarre indeed. Uh, do you think we'll see any more of the fox? We have to we have to do where the fox go. I think it'll just be in the next episode. Um Harold will release the fox. Who do you think the fox is gonna murder? Because he's gonna kill something. That's why you can't keep foxes, because they will just murder stuff. I hope it's Summer Highland. <laughs> Fucking well annoying that kid. No, actually, I'm hoping it's Boyd, to be honest. He's pretty bad as well. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, because that's what foxes do. They they shag and they kill. Uh, wow, fox facts. Fox facts. <laughs> uh, who do you reckon the fox is going to shag? <laughs> well, Darcy Tyler's always, uh, you know, knocking about. So be careful. He did. He, he wanted to break some boundaries, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and Lou's having money troubles, which he's been rumbling on for a while, but he's never been big enough to really talk about. At this point, at some point, Rosie does think he's nicked all the the money from the fundraiser to pay off his bills. Yeah. She she like so he's having troubles. Like he wants to take her out to a show. He get he ends up getting free tickets off Toadie because he can't afford the, the tickets. And he's obviously not been able to pay a few of his suppliers and things like that. He's got a few money troubles. And then Rosie before so she's trying to get to the bottom of it. She's speaking to Drew, speaking to Toadie, whatever. And then before like saying, oh have you got money troubles? Without any proof at all or evidence of anything, she just goes, are you robbing all the church's money? <laughs> that he raised last week with his fucking calendar that he did for her. She just comes out and goes, are you robbing all the church's money? 
Out and of nowhere. He's he surprisingly okay with this as well. I'd be he laughs it off. He does. I'd be fine. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my pub right now. Fuck off, bitch. Yeah. No, and he, he he's very calm. He laughs it off. He shows it. He goes, there's all the money, dickhead. Then he gets out like the, his, his money box or whatever it is and goes, there's all the money in there as well from, from today. Look, there's all the money. Fancy going, fancy going and blessing some pets. He doesn't. He like she's she's been an absolute coward. He should just be going fuck you. No. Yeah, it's amazing how well he takes this, which makes me think: is he doing something? Because if he was completely innocent, I'd imagine he'd be absolutely raging. Like I said, be raging about this and being accused yeah. of this because they're not that serious. Him and Rosie, they've only been. In a couple of months, it's not two months. He says that, doesn't he? Two months. Yeah, two months. And you're getting a church and Nick accusing Nick and money from the church. Where again, with no proof. Yeah, he takes this far too well, which makes me think something else is going on. Uh, but he doesn't come across like when he's explaining it. He doesn't come across like he's being dodgy. Like something usually you can tell that Lou's being dodgy. Yeah. But he doesn't like he's just saying this, that, the other. He doesn't say he doesn't come across dodgy. I don't think he might be. He well, might be. I mean, because he says that to every, like, because we've had multiple scenes now where he's gone, oh, that check should have cleared. My apologies. Let me yeah. sort that out for you now. And he, he's done that, like, at least 10 times now yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and wow. he, like I say, he's nice and calm in that situation as well. So maybe he's just very good at doing this. I can't, I think this feels like one of those storylines where they don't know yet. Yeah. Let's so make Lou have money troubles. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what should we do at the end? Don't know. We'll work it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they're going to resolve this at all. Uh, but we'll find out maybe in the next five episodes, shall we say? Let's just do, let's just do five. Let's just do five. It's a good number. That is very sensible. Uh, I think we should wrap this up now. It's been uh, quite a long one, but it's been a nice one. It has been a nice one. Uh, we've uh, we've had some good laughs. Um, mainly at our own expense. Uh, anyway, at my expense, a little bit of Tim's as well. He's not here to defend himself, so he's just. You know what though? He'll really enjoy listening to this podcast. He will do. He is our biggest fan. I think he is. <laughs> uh, I knew we'd win in round eventually. We'll uh, see if he, if he might be back next week. Who knows? Uh, who knows? We will be. We will be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Adam, for showing up. Uh, well, thank, thank you, Peyton. You're thank you, Peyton. For for contributing uh so yeah watch the episodes daily motion uk neighbors fans forever uh episodes we're going to watch next is 4036 to 4040 uh follow us on the socials at watch neighbor uh on our link tree as well is the gofundme uh for kklt please if you've got anything spare um, please donate what you can to that and yeah we will see you next week uh we've watched some good neighbors uh, adam you've been a good friend peyton you've been a good wife thank you thank you uh, nice. Tim, uh, you've been a great fan. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll send you an email later. <laughs> if you'd like early access to the extended versions of this podcast, don't forget you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash neighborhood rewatch for just £1 a month. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at watchneighbor. And you can also leave us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts.